Washed Up Emo sponsors New Belgium Brewing are celebrating their 30th anniversary as a company. To celebrate, they're releasing Wild Ride Amber IPA, a happy tribute to their iconic fat tire. Even better, New Belgium Brewing are giving away bikes and gear all year. Find out more information by visiting newbelgium.com. Do you ever wonder if your favorite band is emo? Tired of being in the same conversation with friends? Not knowing if you're listening to post-hardcore, screamo, emo revival, emo emo violence, even ska. We're We're here here to to help. help. The Emo Council is here staffed and ready for any question you may have. Hey, Emo Council, just wondering if Green Day was considered an emo band. Thanks. Green Day is not an emo band. Okay. From the creators of Washed Up Emo, isthisbandemo.com offers the definitive answer to the only important question of your day. Hey, is this been emo? Hello and welcome to episode 130 of the Washed Up Emo podcast. I am Tom Mullen from washedupemo.com. Today, we welcome Dave DM from 12 Hour Turn and LaPesh. 12 Hour Turn were an amazing post-hardcore band from Florida in the years 1997 to 2002. They did a split 7-inch with I Hate Myself. You might have seen a split 7-inch with Empty Down. And their LP, The History of Flight, is my personal favorite. If you like post-hardcore, screamo from the late 90s, 12 Hour Turn is right up your alley. Dave and I chat about his time in 12 Hour Turn, how independent music shaped him, and why the band broke up, and what led to LaPesh and the feeling of making music after a 10-year absence. Thanks to all our Patreon supporters and those that picked up Anthology of Email Volume 1. Thank you very much. You are the reason this podcast is continuing, and we're working on Volume 2, so thank you for that. If you're into it, if you want to leave a review on iTunes, that would be amazing. You don't have to, but if you want to, that's great. This is episode 130 of the Wash Up Email podcast with Dave Diem from 12 Hour Turn and LaPesh. So when in Gainesville, in Jacksonville, were you, or even before that, was it, was there someone that told you that there was this rad thing called DIY and punk and you got to <laughs> check this out? Um, my first, my first, uh, my first exposure to, to punk rock actually was in middle school through skateboarding. And I remember getting actually, um, a seven seconds walk together, rock together, uh, uh, LP, and um, I just thought it was just the coolest thing. And for some reason, I I wasn't exactly sure why, but um, it it I I just connected with it, and it was something that was just different, something about it that was just very personal, and there was something about it that was positive, and um. And I just, I just thought it was rad. And um, 
it's funny because I stepped away. I, you know, I had my little connection with the middle school. I didn't really get the bigger picture at the really? time, but I just remember that it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was just something different. I'm not sure exactly. It was a feeling more than, than this, 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 uh, this deeper understanding of it. And then it wasn't until later in high school and then in, in college that I really started getting really into the DC bands and, uh, you know, the, the, uh, our band could be your life bands and learning about the, the DIY circuit that was created in the eighties and into the nineties. And, you know, if it wasn't, wasn't for those folks, I mean, you know, and reading about, uh, Ian and all the other dudes like being like, you know what? Like we don't have to deify these people. Like we can get up on stage too. We can do this ourselves and create our own audience and, and, uh, you know, everyone can get a turn, so to speak. You know, we all have something to contribute, something to share. Um, so that was super big and super powerful for me. Were you playing in bands in high school? I was not, I did not, I didn't start playing. I was, uh, I was a big, you know, I was a big skateboarder in middle school and, you know, kind of got connected with the counterculture culture a little bit there. And, um, you know, a little bit more in high school, uh, through some, some friends, some, some more, I guess, alternative music and some, uh, some indie rock stuff. And, uh, I was a, a, a huge, really big into soccer, in in uh, high school, and that's where like almost all of my energy went. And uh, when I was a uh, in in elementary school, my mom forced me to. Uh, I shouldn't say forced; that sounds terrible. Uh, she she got me piano lessons, so I, I learned how to read music. I played piano, and uh, when I was in middle school, I was like second chair trumpet player in the band. So I was into music early, and then. Uh, got a little bit more into the social side of things in middle school and high school and uh, played soccer, got really into sports. And um, then I, uh, towards my junior and senior year in high school, started to get into punk rock again. Circle around, started to have more of a draw. Mm-hmm. Uh, got my first bass guitar. I wasn't, I don't even think I got my first guitar until i was like 18 maybe wow and that's late yeah super late and then i i um it was funny because of this this punk rock um you know this diy ethic that i started really getting into i i wanted to kind of unlearn like the way that I had originally learned how to play music, I didn't want to read sheet music. Like, that's not punk, dude. Like, I'm going to teach myself how to play guitar, learn a bar chord. It's funny um, when you try to jam with somebody that's, like, classically trained. Oh, my gosh, yes. And I, They're I, like, uh, yes. I'm like, just go with it, and they uh, can't. Yeah, right. It's I, hard. Well, right. And and in turn, like, I, I really regret that I did not, like, hold on to some of that stuff, and, and I really wish that I could... I, I, it makes me want to go back and relearn some some things, which I have a little bit, like over over the years for sure. But I forgot um, it all. All the theory yeah. I took, mm-hmm. gone. Right. That's that's. <laughs> Once I started playing in bands, it was like out the window. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Um, and I. I mean, you know, at a young age, I didn't know too much about theory, but I could read some basic stuff and and knew some basic stuff. But anyways, um, 
yeah, man, it's kind of weird. Like, so, uh, and my brother, I should say, my brother in high school started uh, playing music, and, and he, who's two years younger than me, actually kind of encouraged me to to get a bass because he had a guitar, and um, he had already started writing songs, and it just made me want to kind of just jump in there yeah. with him. So, so that's kind of where that started from. Yeah. So, it was what other like, shows? What shows were you checking out then? Uh, I was checking out in in high school local shows. Like, uh, I remember this band from Miami called Quit coming up and playing. Um, what were in, they like in West Palm Beach? Oh, dude, they were they were amazing. Um, it was they were influenced by like Descendants and Green Day. And it was just like our own little like South Florida band yeah. that could do what they did. You know what I mean? It was amazing. And uh, there's a band uh, from South Florida also that uh, um, called Gus, um, which was uh, like uh, bad religion meets like helmet, something like that. You know, and uh, Drew DeMille, the the singer guitar player in that band actually went on to do strike force diablo he was in floor for a while and he's actually in the current project that i'm in so he became a a dear friend a dear friend of mine um so yeah and then you know i saw some i also saw some bigger shows i would go down to to uh like i saw rollins band play in miami i also saw beastie boys in high school in high school yeah so i was seeing your parents were cool with you going down there yeah, going down to South Beach, like when I was a junior or senior in high school. Um, my parents divorced when I was, uh, shit, I can't even remember now, like eighth, ninth grade. Oh, wow. And so... Um, were you guys I, split up? The kid, Were you brother, was you uh, brother split up? Uh, no, we stayed, we stayed with my mom. My dad moved out. And uh, so, so high school for me was, was kind of, um, I, I kind of got to do pretty much what i wanted when my because my dad wasn't around anymore and he was kind of the disciplinarian and uh i mean like my mom let me have girlfriends stay over and stuff like that so which is like when i think back you know i I don't know how i was i would never i wouldn't i wouldn't allow my my kid to do to do some of those things so so yeah not not the the story of of uh I I got into these bands super young and I started playing super young. You know, it happened a little bit, a little bit later for me. Uh, but then I realized, you know, or I I you know I I came to decide that I'd been wasting my time playing uh, soccer and tried to make up for lost time. And and instead of really trying to learn my instrument well. I just was like, I'm going straight to writing songs. Wow! Uh, with my brother, so that was that was pretty much it. And the the, the early songs were not good. Like, of course they, not. Why would they? They <laughs> I wanted I wanted every song to sound like um, Cringer or J Church because I was very influenced <laughs> by, um, by um, also influenced by East Bay, West Bay pop punk. Um, I loved. Uh, Crimshine, Fifteen, um, stuff like that. So, what years was this? What years were? Um, ninety. I'm talking about maybe ninety one to ninety four, and then like uh, so grunge was hidden. 
Uh, yeah, 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 for sure. And I mean, I was a huge Nirvana fan, and I got into all the the sub pop stuff. Anything that had sub pop, yeah, definitely. Label like I just grabbed Love Battery. Cool, they're on sub pop. You know, like even <laughs> if it was terrible, I'm just grabbing it and just playing it. You know, yeah. because I just want to have it. Yeah. You know, even if I don't play, you, have you know, it. I have it, so I can like somebody sees my my collection. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know, that was a time period when. At least for me, when you know, and I guess it still applies to to some degree today. But but like for me, um, you know, back then, dating myself like it, that's it's washed up email. We're fine. Right, okay, <laughs> <laughs> like it, it like I I would I would buy you know everything in a in a labels catalog, and it usually you meant them. it was good. I trusted it. I trusted Discord. I trusted I trusted Lookout for a while. I trusted. Um, I trusted whatever whatever Rev was out there, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, I you know Rev Rev for me was I never super got into Rev. I respected a lot of stuff, I and I had friends that really was so was was times. into that. Yeah, I loved Gorilla Biscuits, and but um, but it wasn't it wasn't hugely influential for me. Yeah, but uh, but you're right. But that would be another good example of a label that it was like, oh man, this is going to be good if yeah. this if this comes out. You know what I mean? Um, uh. But uh, where'd you go to school? Sorry, where'd you um, go to college? College. I went. Okay, so the soccer thing again. I I went to play college soccer in Jacksonville. So I went to University of North Florida. So I played soccer there. My parents were stoked because it was a state school, and so, you got you, and you got some subsidy. Uh, did they help out? They for it. I'm sure they, your parents they, were happy. With that my way. parents were happy. I did actually that school. Um, I did not get any any soccer scholarship money i i was offered some up in carolinas where i was thinking about going but it ended up being cheaper to go to jacksonville so i got re- recruited to play but i didn't get offered any money but um that's still amazing but yeah it's cool that i got to go and play what and, was your uh, position uh i was i got recruited to play striker and midfielder and then the coach turned me into a defender and i just was had a huge resentment over that i hated it so i, I and almost I was, see your face yeah 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 i was i was and i was not a good defender because i was a striker and i didn't know how to tackle and i was just like i thought that you just needed to run into people and try to break someone's leg and that was being a good defender you know so i wasn't wasn't that i was a mess yeah so and uh some of the some of the the folks on my soccer team were cool and they they liked some good music so um you know, we, we, that was a, that was a positive, but, uh, at the same time I was starting to play music with my brother and I didn't make it past my sophomore year in college playing soccer. I just went to kind of full-time, uh, music, uh, and student or did you leave school? Ah, man, that's, that's, that's a funny one too. Once, once the, once the music started, um, well, I guess it's a little bit later. I, it took me a long time to graduate because I would, um, I would take some time off because I wanted to play music or when um, the band I was in started to be able to tour um, even if it was past the ad drop date I would take the opportunity to tour because it's just, it's memories man I can't I need to get those memories you now. know what I mean the time is now gotta live and uh, I would how long did it take to graduate oh my god last year no <laughs> <laughs> so my first year um this is so embarrassing my first year in undergrad was uh 92 93 
and I got my bachelor's degree in teaching in 2004. You know, just over a decade. <laughs> that was all. You're you know, that's, you know, you know so... That's normal. I should... I sh- <laughs> I was I was following my passion, you know. I should say that about about four years... It, it, I was officially out of school for, yeah, for, for quite four, a few right? years. Yeah. No, I just stopped. I was like, I'm really going to stop now. I, I'll go back for my internship when... And I, I didn't go back for my internship my final semester... Um, when I could really devote it to 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 student teaching until after twelve hour term broke up, like I was waiting for that to yeah. to kind of happen. And, and really, I was I was very foolish for for staying in school. I should have dropped out and just gone back whenever I was I was really ready. But um, I can be a people pleaser, so I c- tried to stay in school for my parents, for my dad, and I just ended up wasting lots of money and and then taking loans and going to debt. Yeah, so it was it was a very immature move on my part, but I felt this, this I just felt this. I'm a recovering Catholic, so I've got an insane amount of guilt still Same. to this day. So, and I I feel I I feel the guilt welling up right now talking about that, you know? So, so um yeah, this uh When did that, you meet the guys in 12 hour turn? Um I met them was it well, in college. It was, it was my brother, so I knew him for <laughs> my the brother and um, the two dudes, the, other, the two other dudes, John, guitar player, singer, songwriter, and uh, Matt, the drummer, I met in Jacksonville, um, probably in 94, and uh, those guys were playing in a uh, punk band called Effort in Jacksonville, the two of them, and uh, we played tons of shows with them. Uh, my brother and I had a couple of bands together before Twelve Hour Turn, and then um, both of our bands broke up kind of at the same time. And my brother and I were writing some new music, and uh, we kind of were like, "Hey, we should do this." Like, you don't have a band; we don't have a band right now. And then the four of us just started uh, uh, jamming together, as they say. What did you agree on? Like what were what were bands or what were things that you guys sort of connected on early? It could be anything, but I I always love to kind of hear that you broke up at the same time, right? Coming together. What did we agree on? You mean as far as like musical direction or uh, that's <clears throat> that's funny because all of us really liked the DC. Uh, we were all influenced by the DC uh, hardcore scene, and then we also had this like. DIY East Bay West Bay pop punk thing. Uh, we had some, the Olympia Washington thing, like the North the Northwest thing. So it was like this weird, like the early stuff was like this weird mix of trying to fit all that stuff in there. And it just like sometimes it was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I can kind of see where these guys are coming from. And then sometimes it was like, oh, that's just I'm kind of embarrassed for you. So we kind of all agreed that we were going to take the more emotional hardcore route let's say because at this at, at the time um we had started going to uh see shows in gainesville and started getting kind of inspired and influenced by the scene there and we were going to house shows there and uh you know some of the things that were going on with bands like uh spoke and uh, I guess radon and um 
this band Palatka, and uh, there's there's a few other things going on there that we just wanted to take it in more of a, I guess, gritty and what we saw as a more honest emotional direction. Um, I mean that this is that time period and that type. Is so, that's like my wheelhouse. If someone yeah. makes that music, mm-hmm. that is what is is because I feel like when people, if they say the word screamo or they say the word like that, they're not thinking what I'm thinking, right. and I'm thinking of that era, that mm-hmm. time period, and where the it was it was like a euphoric time in the music. Sure, it wasn't a it wasn't crying. Right. It was like euphoria. Like we're like it just seemed like each song had this crazy like apex to it. Sure. And then it broke down and came Uh back together. What was the? I just feel like you know you guys had songs that were like a minute fifty and you felt like you know they were long, but they were like so many things were happening in them. So when you guys were doing that, was it was it Gainesville? Was it was it DC? I mean, you mentioned Olympia, which I actually didn't even think of. Yeah. But coming together and having all those bands at that time sort of doing that, uh-huh. like, if you guys, it was, uh, you know, Engine Down was kind of in the little more, a little more easy listening, if you can right, think about right, it. Right, right, right. But it still was there, that first record. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, Engine Down, they're, 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 original stuff they're they're old buddies of ours we did a split with them and we did some some a bunch of shows with them we met them uh traveling through virginia we played mac rock and uh we met them that's where i probably saw you guys for the first time okay i went like 10 years in a row wow that's yeah that that that's that's tony weinbender uh uh he was running it at that time he's the guy he's a friend of ours who now runs the fest in in florida um but yeah, like my mind's swimming right now. You asking that question? It's it's uh, Jacksonville was just such a weird place because there was there was also this really big weird indie rock scene um, where you know we were also listening to thrill jockey stuff and and uh, stuff from Chicago and uh, quarter stick. Yeah, quarter stick stuff. Like all of these all these different things were all just wrapped up in there, and we were a little schizophrenic, like. Um, our songwriting definitely did not become maybe ever refined, but until the end, we kind of found a little more of a focus. And our songwriting was, was I feel like it was always very reactionary, reaction to what we were doing before. It's like, oh, we've done some things like this. Let's try to mix it up a little bit. And it wasn't, I don't want to say it was, it was super intentional. It just felt a little natural, but um, I think... I think there was that Gainesville was a huge influence for sure. Like, and it wasn't necessarily always the musical genre or what was happening musically in Gainesville. Oh, the it, was, it was the, the community. It was the ethos. It was, it was, uh, it was again, like we we can do this ourselves. You know what I mean? We put out our first seven inch, um, which I would have been super happy if that was the only thing we ever did. Like, but to hold that, piece of wax in your hand and know that you did that and you produce that on your own i mean that comes i mean i credit that to to um to yeah to those to those influences definitely in gainesville who was but also i feel like that moment where you're you know you made that getting record. off track yeah put no, me back no, on track not at all. <laughs> i'm just thinking like the i've i've always tried to figure out the word you know emo just has these sort of different uh-huh. connotations and 
I just think that moment in time right. when that bands, it's almost like you guys were doing it. But then, like out west, it was like, you know, if it was like the KXLU area, like there were bands like a- that. Ebullition like, stuff, like, you know, the heart attack, kind of all that stuff was like. They were doing sort yeah. of the same mm-hmm. things and you guys would kind of meet up and be like, oh God, we're doing the, we're kind of in the same world, but you were in different places. Right. It's not like you guys could pop on the internet and say what's up. And you were you were touring and kind of mm-hmm. hearing it, right? And being like, "Oh, did you feel that?" Well, so two things you just touched upon that are are first of all the songwriting. Real quick to get back to that, one of the reasons why I think it was up and down was there was three of us writing. So that um, makes sense. There, there was three of us writing, and and at the beginning, all of us would bring completed songs. And we would deconstruct and reconstruct to the point to where we were kind of like started writing the way we started writing was like, I'm just going to write a part and bring it to practice. And then we're going to build on that because it would get broken down and built back up anyways. So especially at the beginning, it feels like these puzzle pieces that sometimes fit together nicely. And sometimes we're just, you know, maybe the, the, the abrupt changes worked sometimes and it was kind of cool. And sometimes like, why did you, yeah, I know, but Sometimes, and that was sometimes it works, and sometimes, wrote. yeah. And I mean, we, you know, we also heard the quiet loud, quiet loud stuff from some other bands. We weren't by far not the first band to do it, but um, I mean, I would never try to suggest anything like that. But you know, there's bands like I forgot Don Martin Three from oh, St. Augustine right. doing stuff like that, which is a huge influence on us that we just absolutely loved. Um, and as far as finding out about other bands, and you're like, oh my gosh, there's somewhere else. This is before the not before the internet, but before the internet was really, yeah. You know, I, I had dial up in the early '90s. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I used to find out about bands from thank you lists in records. I don't know if you ever did this. I used to it look. Gets, it's mentioned ninety percent of the time on this podcast. Really? Okay. So but I'm, no, you're I'm not. But that's, but that's that's how I'd, I'd it's be like. So, it's oh, so bad great ball, to hear that. Agnostic Front. I'm going to check go them out. out Agnostic yes. Front. Oh my gosh! Like this band must be cool if they're if they're thanking this other band. I got to find out who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People's I, names. Oh, oh yeah. What are they doing? Who yeah. are they? Like Lord Isaac. He must be cool. Oh man. <laughs> You know, and I thought I just I love that shit, man. I just thought it was the coolest thing to and that to, discovery part because mm-hmm. I would sit there and just and I know that you can do it now with Discogs and I found all about you in five minutes. Right. You know, like right. oh, let me just double right. check. But right. I loved the discovery part of being yeah. able to look and being like, cool. Twelve hour turn, thanked engine down. Oh, they did the thing with I hate myself. Oh, how right. I hate myself is on this label, and yep. you just start connecting the dots and everything. And I feel like it's. It's not that it gives me chills. It's just the connections that happen in music in uh-huh. different areas when you weren't even right. connected. Right. I mean, I ordered records from from out of you know looking at Punk Planet or looking at I mean reviews in Punk Planet or Heart Attack or whatever zine it was, um, based on reviews, but also based on sometimes if I thought an ad looked cool, I'd be like they they're probably cool. I'm going to order the seven inch, you know, or you know, also man picking through distros, going to shows and having distros there was such my jam in the '90s. Like somebody just uh, telling telling you, oh, you got to check this band out. Oh, you like this band? Oh, check this out. Or yeah, uh, that was just. I, I just I love the discovery, and, and and you just feel like I think it just still felt needed. very. It just it's made me feel like I I found my place. You know what I mean? You so, were part of it. Yeah, and I. I'm I'm terrible now. Like with new bands that I listen to, I'm embarrassed to say like I like so rarely 
read lyrics these days like I used to. I used to read lyrics from like start to finish and and albums, and it's been a while since I've done or patience. something like that. You know, I get really bummed out because mm-hmm. I'll get a few records a day sent to me for the site, uh-huh. and I I want to spend time on it, and I think back. And I don't think it's better, but I'm just saying I think back and being like, wow, I probably would have known the 12th track as much as the first track. And now I know half of it and I can't put a visual to it. Uh Like I visualized, you know, the artist that you guys use. Like when I think 12 hour turn, I think of his artwork. We would not be 12 hour turn without Sean Mahan. Like his, his, uh, his, it took us so long to find an artist to do our first album cover and when we found him um it just was like wow like the 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 aesthetic the music wouldn't be as good without his his artwork i don't think because i don't i think that it's it's a key component it's as is as important as any other part in my opinion of the music anyone who, who who cares at all about any of our music or any of our songs i feel like I feel like the artwork is is integral to fully like getting everything we were trying to communicate. So we're you think unbelievably water, grateful. You think, think the cover of Feel for the Hate Game. Absolutely. Finding the rhythm. It's, it's done. Yeah, it's like absolutely. in your head instantly. Mm-hmm. And you're totally yeah. right. It's sometimes just like, oh, well, let's just do this. Or it's got to be connected. I mean, the Black Flags. I mean, it's, there's a lot of examples with... with 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 artists and artwork, um, but I feel like you guys band, thinking yes. about that at that time was right. was smart, right? Well, I I yeah, I appreciate you saying so. I'm I'm we're uh, just so lucky to have met Sean. He's a good friend, and he's actually gone on to have a really successful career in art, and uh, he's done a lot of album covers. Really, uh, for anyone day. anyone cool a that ton. you know? I mean, he did Planes Mistaken for Stars album covers. He's done uh, Floor. Um, so I'm sure I'm forgetting like a that's bunch, cool. but, but he, he went on to have a bunch of other people ask him to do stuff too. So that's very cool. Um, and it all started with like the, the little anarchy birds that he yeah. showed to us in that first, uh, victory flight album cover. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a, I, I'm, I'm happy you brought that up. Thank you. So the, and then the, the word itself, were you guys apprehensive of it the word emo and like being associated oh. with it uh i mean uh yes and no i mean we we kind of i feel like for six months it was fine yeah in 97 and then it was <laughs> sure. over um yeah yeah for sure i mean well it 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 turned into something different i mean it's like punk means so many different things to so many different people you know um punk to some folks you know it's a mohawk you know to me when i hear punk punk doesn't apply to music necessarily it applies to an idea the way that you do things um and uh emo i i you know when i when i think of emo i i I still think of rights of spring you know that's the first thing that comes to mind for me and that's maybe that and embrace in some of those early those early bands um one last wish and the other emo bands the of of the the dc but they even hated it right of course emotional hardcore you core, not, you know like not a tough guy right exactly so what did i th- think of it uh i mean all music is emotional right um uh the i guess i didn't think too much about it it was like okay we're going to be categorized it's easy for people to 
They want to put you into context. And but you were going on a package tour with like, I mean, it was like it, that was the part that I think was different than later, where right. it was package tours of this. They all sound like this. You guys were right. maybe going out with an indie rock band and or playing yeah, a show with did. a guy that played acoustic right. and then a hardcore band. Right. It just it wasn't the. Yes, there could have been a few of them, but right. I feel like it wasn't a conscious effort. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm answering your question exactly. Um, you are. Uh, emo. Uh, what? I suppose at that time period, yeah, I, I mean, you bring up a good point. Like, we always... I still feel this way today, and the band especially, um, the guys in the band, we were not fans of... of of being on shows where every band sounded the same. We liked to, to hear some, some different types of music yeah. on the same, the same, uh, the same show. So we, yeah, we played with acoustic acts. We played with, uh, with, uh, indie rock bands with, with crazy hardcore bands, um, with instrumental bands, with, 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 uh, with, with whoever we thought was, was for the most part, you know, if we could choose whoever we thought, was doing something that was was honest because we're you know we're not just fans of of punk music or hardcore music or emo music or whatever like we we like all sorts of stuff and it it, it it's influence it's influence our writing um i think more so in the later stuff than in the newer stuff i mean you know a huge influence of the band i don't know if anybody would ever notice it was you know uncle tupelo was a huge influence i mean one of the last songs that we wrote um, John Magnifico was listening to a whole lot of Neil Young and and uh, Sunvolt and Uncle Tupelo and and wrote uh, wrote one of the songs on the last record is like it sounds to me like a country song, <laughs> country rock song yeah. or something like that. You know, uh, No Tomorrow that song. I almost forgot the name of the song. So, <laughs> I mean, I when I first met uh, Eric Richter from Christie Front Drive mm-hmm. through a friend, I I probably punished him. We're now we're friendly and I can uh-huh. email him and stuff and I've talked to him, but I punished him when I first met him and I didn't know any better. And I was like, what did you listen to when you wrote, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, Buffalo Tom. <laughs> so I went to generation mm-hmm. and, the, and just bought Buffalo Tom records. Cause I was like, I wanted to hear awesome. where that kind of came from. Right. And I think that's what happens kind of, yeah, you're getting these different influences, but what's coming out is definitely it's punk. It's hardcore. Uh-huh. It's, it's from that sort of honest. Mm-hmm. I sometimes I feel like I can tell if something's honest. How do you? How did the? How did you got? How did you know? Oh, that's such a difficult question. I mean, you get fooled sometimes, you know. Oh, I'm um, fooled. I think I think you know. I think for us, um, most of the time, we were lucky enough to be able to. At the time when Twelve Hour Turn was was uh, really trying to understand what we wanted to be, we got to hang out with the people that were influencing us. So we went to Gainesville and saw these shows and we hung out and with, with the folks afterwards. That is just unbelievably like was mind blowing uh, for me when I first started realizing that you could do that, which is a whole part of the punk, the punk thing, the DIY punk thing. Like, whoa, these, these folks are, these folks are are talented, cool, normal, normal folks that same we can, problems that we have. Yeah, with different things absolutely. And assimilations, and, mm-hmm, and uh, you know we we did house shows for four years in Jacksonville at our house called the Magnifico House, and we were lucky enough to have 
you know, some really cool bands come through, like Ryan and Maria played in our living room, you know, and, and, uh, we put on shows for, you know, speaking of emo, like put on shows for Braid and they would come stay at our place and getting to hang out with, with, with folks and, and getting to, to share some space and share some time with them, like gets, it gives you a good idea of, of whether they're, they're down to earth and honest or not. And, uh, and in, in Gainesville, you know, getting to know uh, the folks who worked at No Idea. Yeah, I was about to ask yeah. about that label and what that right. th- that label meant to Florida and Gainesville. Um, I mean, you know, it was hugely influential to us. We we were very much into the bands that were on the label. Um, we started playing some shows with, um, you know, we met the Marburger Brothers and playing with uh, I Hate Myself, and we became mutual fans. And, uh, you know, we met Howard Music and hung out with those dudes a little bit. And uh, um, we ended up meeting, of course, the the dudes in the, the band Placa, Jason Tysinger, who ran Belladonna, and uh, his record distro. <laughs> he, he educated us a lot on some really great um, DIY punk stuff that was going on at the time. And uh, through, through those folks, we, um, you know, Var from no idea ended up I don't know seeing us or or listening to us because um, of I hate myself we did like a little run up the the East Coast and um, uh, we decided like hey we love this batch of songs you're playing you're into the batch of songs we're playing we're both going to record soon this split record thing's really popular right now let's, let's do it let's do this and uh, since they had put out a record on no idea um you know var wanted to do it and liked us um enough to be like all right you know if your side sucks at least i hate myself so we'll be good so (laughs) at least i won't lose all my money on this record put this record out so so we did that and uh we were lucky to you know have other people in the community mike taylor from black and did the the album cover for that um and uh, you know, we just we really developed a relationship with with Var. We got to hang out at the label and just become friends with them. And the way that they did things at the time was 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 DIY. Like the mail order and everything that they did was awesome. And uh, we just felt like we felt like we got to be a part of the label. It's such like a, a we were just lucky enough to be a part of it at such a cool time for for them like i just love like the stuff that that came out at that at that time on on the record label did you feel any pressure with you know being in the band and through those years of trying to figure out because there isn't that instant gratification that is now of you can release a single on Bandcamp in two seconds and that (sighs) to gotta i know that it's different I i don't think it's better Either way, I would love to be. I would love to be in a band now mm-hmm. and trying to figure it out and have all these things and right. we, we could have met right. digitally and right. instead of pen pals or whatever it was. But as a band, I feel like there was more patience. Of this is what's happening. We got this seven inch. We're uh-huh. going to do this tour and then come home. And it, it wasn't the. It wasn't like a constant. You needed an IV drip of attention. <sighs> no, absolutely. And 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 yeah, you had to wait. I mean, a record would come out. And, you know, there'd be some ads for it somewhere. And then 
a review might not come out for a month or two on the record, and and you don't know how what they that, said. That's, you don't know what they said. You don't know what people are thinking about it. You know, and uh, so it is a completely different landscape to what it is now. And in in this this new project that I've been a part of, Lepesh, um, with my wife and some other folks from some old No Idea bands, we like it's just been a re-education like I, I i don't know what i'm doing at all it's oh, like so you kind of encino manned it you like went away and then came back and realized dude oh, i should i have to do I, this listen i went away i moved up here in 2006 and did not play music for 10 years really yeah i went back and played one reunion with 12 hour turn and in then 2012 right yes yes and then and then uh about th- four years ago um i I was like I I can't I can't not do this. <laughs> Why ten years? Why do you feel like was it just work and wow things were it, it it was I moved up here in two thousand six with my with my then wife. Uh, we moved up for her uh, for her career, which was which was great. She got a a cool job up here. Um, uh, she's a documentary filmmaker, and um, I got. Uh, you know, she. I got consumed with with teaching, and it, it felt completely consuming here. And and it was for the first couple of years. And and I guess I kind of stopped playing maybe for two years before that in Gainesville too, because yeah, I think yeah, I think that was the case because I started mm-hmm. teaching. So the 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 short end of it is. I allowed myself to be consumed by by teaching um, for, I guess, ten years, and uh, I didn't really do much of anything else. That and drink, <laughs> you know. So that was uh, that was that was my life, and I didn't make time for it. I made a half-assed attempt a couple of times to get together with some people, but um, why do you but feel I just that? Was didn't it just it. New York City? Was it the job uh, trying to take control? Was it? Was it, it the personal stuff? Like, it was personal stuff. It was it was the job. Um, I felt. I felt. I felt like an, an immense pressure to. To be present. At all times for my job, it turned into a ninety. Plus hour a week thing, and it felt like something that I could never fully get done, and I just. I just uh I buried myself in it and um I got I was stressed 24 hours a day about my students for my students and it was unbelievably unhealthy and I still have that to a degree now but I'm trying to get more of a work life balance and uh and I and I drank I drank a lot you know what I mean so I was doing those things and um I was successful at work um and I was unsuccessful in my relationship, and then um, what moment turned it, or what things turned it? Uh, I I um I got a divorce uh, about how long ago is this now? Maybe five years ago, four years ago, five years ago, and um, I quit drinking, and I felt like. It's been ten years and I haven't written a song. This is insane. Um, so you kind of woke up, and I woke up, and 
I immediately I started two bands <laughs> um, and just kind of made up, robes, tried to, right? the other one's robes made up for made up for lost time. So I, I I overdid that too, and I'm coming out of the haze of that and now doing Lepesh and 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 working and tending to my partnership with my with my now wife um, with Krista. So um, so yeah, man. Um, so then the this new band is sort of the learning it again or figuring it out and not and not not fucking it up but not right. overdoing it, correct? Not fucking it up is fair. All I right. think <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I I was a, a part of why 12 hour turn broke up. I I had an element of it for sure and uh Why did that happen? I actually didn't remember. I uh, was trying to remember my, my Well, notes. we had uh so John and uh Matt um, the guitar player and drummer had uh, never lived outside of Jacksonville. John and his then long-term uh, partner, one of our dear friends, Julie, they wanted to move and they decided to move to Portland. Portland was one of our favorite places that we traveled and we toured to and we were going to relocate as a band and like try to make it a full-time thing. Um, like We went out of town we we the last couple tours that we went on were a little more successful. We didn't make we didn't make a lot of money, but we came back with a little bit of money and it was like, "Oh my gosh, if we do this like really do this full time, maybe we can scrape it together enough to like maybe pay our rent, like maybe. Yeah. You know, maybe we'll try to really do this instead of working shitty part-time jobs and then quitting taking them. T- quitting them and going on tour and whatever. And um that was the plan. And then Matt, our drummer, uh, his girlfriend at the time um, decided that she wasn't going to move. So then he decided he wasn't going to move. And John and Julie still move out there. And uh, I still had a semester of school left that I had been putting off for years. And I was like, I can't, I can't go for us to go out there and not be the full band. So I was like, I'm going to stay behind too. And uh, the band, you know, at that point, honestly had had probably it's probably a good thing it'd run its course you know i don't know what would happen if we've gone out to to portland maybe it would have ended and we would have all hated each other maybe it would have have turned into something like really maybe we'd still be doing it i don't know but um uh, staying behind and 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 finishing up that final semester of school was what i decided to do matt ended up moving out there two years later because he ended up breaking up with that that girlfriend and now they're out there and john's doing great matt's doing great matt's in a band called danova now that is doing real well and john's been in uh, various bands he's in uh old growth old old junior and anyways um not fucking it up. That's where we're at, right? And the breakup of the band. So yeah, I love you know that because it, you telling that thing, it's like that's what's what those decisions are. Everybody's sort right. of sitting there being like, "Shit, I've got this girl, but this is in that mode." You're not going to know, right? Sure, you don't know sure. What's going to happen? Right. But like you're making that personal decision. Right. I think you deciding to do that school, mm-hmm. like you you knew in the back of your mind, I need to finish this. Yeah. Because I got this is gonna. There's something else after this, right? I got to, and and you know, I, I'm sure. For, in, in retrospect, for John, is probably he was probably happy about it. I, I haven't talked to him about it directly, but he was probably happy that that's the way it went. He was probably like, "Oh, they're gonna follow me out here. <laughs> What's going on? We I need a break because uh, we, we just loved each other to death. But but we were like siblings. We fought, and you know, there was some 
some amazing times, but there were some, some, uh, some, some, some nasty times too, you know, but, um, but anyways, uh, you know, talking about not fucking it up and trying to do this right nowadays and you were talking about, you know, the, there's not the instant gratification, just, all right, I uploaded my, my band song. Now everyone can get it. Like this it's almost this, the same. Cause you don't know. Right. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, I was going to say how everything now seems to be everything is your record seems like a new car, right? Like it like loses its value after the release date almost at this point. I might be wrong about this because I'm still relearning things, but it feels like <laughs> it's all about the buildup. Oh, you know, release the single, release the video, uh, release another single, then it's like, oh, the album drops. It's you've got everything, and then, then it's go like, on tour. Wah, wah. okay, cool. The record's finally out. Then you go on tour, and and that's awesome. You know what I mean? But this but band so hasn't gone on tour. But right. Um, so that's just a, that's just a new thing that we that that I'm I'm not used to. It seemed like more back when I was originally doing this stuff. You know, it was so much more exciting after the record came out, like because people could get it. Yeah, and people could the actually get it. And the tangible product, here we go. Yeah, yeah, you know. So at least that was my experience, and that's my experience now. And uh, it's, it's hard to get people's attention. Yeah, people don't really give a shit and these as much, you know. And uh, maybe maybe they do, and I'm just not around those folks. And I just you think know, there's too much, David. I think there's too many places that links and things that... Right. Same with, like, if you and I had only emailed... right. That's not as deep as now. I see you. Right. We have a connection. We, right. We talked about something earlier that was like, mm-hmm. we didn't know we had a connection on. Right. I now, like, yes, I knew you lived near my school. Maybe I would have never seen you. Right. But, like, I think those are that back to the community part, mm-hmm. back to that house show that you meet a friend and you help somebody out that one time. Sure. Those, like, you talked about just bailing school and wanting to travel. <laughs> those mean more. Mm-hmm. And I think people remembering that with music that it just it feels like it's going to be a, there's a lasting connection than the little digital piece and maybe that is maybe you'd have a digital pen pal forever right but it's i just think there's a piece to it i think that's a very solid very valid point um i definitely you know i mean i i i really i don't want to say jaded but i've i've you get so what one of the things that made DIY such a wonderful thing was that you know this idea that you can do it yourself anything you know anyone can do this and that's wonderful um but it's like now it's DIY to the millionth degree like like it's on one hand it's it's wonderful anybody can can contribute and put content out there and it's awesome but then in turn obviously it it seems to it, a lot of it becomes white noise right and a lot of it you know and i'm sure i'm missing out on so much wonderful music and art and books and whatever it is cuz um of how easy it is to put content out there um I guess this is kind of what along the lines of what you're talking about. But where about, is but that? I think there it's it's hard for you to find your heart attack. Yeah, your maximum rock and roll to say this is what this is, and it's I have that a lot of times when people come to the site and they're like, 
what do I check out or thanks so much? Oh, no. no. I'm like, it's, yeah. it's, I think it's harder for them. I guess it's both ways where it was harder for us because we didn't, mm-hmm. couldn't maybe buy it. But when we did, it's that moment of even just getting the seconds for them to know what to look. Right. Because they, they have unlimited distro. Right. Sure. <laughs> they have unlimited distro. Yeah. And it's too much. Right. Um, that's that's <laughs> the unlimited distro. Yeah. That's like, the title of this episode. I've got this. Yeah. Unlimited <laughs> distro. I've got the I, I get to go to this weird show with this nerdy dude with a, a, a cardboard box of 50 records. Like it's much easier for me to discern what's going to speak to me. Right. Then then their brains the are interweb. They can, right. they can process a million. Right. We can't. You know, I, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, I think that's a good, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we're kind of lucky. We, we kind of lived that, that generation where, um, where things were just, were, were more tangible, I think. The pre internet, um, when mm-hmm. we, we, we were that right. little window right. where we, we're the last ones, you know what I mean? Like, it. yeah. And then, right. We did, and we right. knew what was before. Right. Yeah, that's why I feel uh-huh. like this sh- this era mm-hmm. of people and bands and time period is so special and can't mm-hmm. happen again, right? Because of that, right? I agree. I I, I wholeheartedly agree. We uh, the folks in my band we talk about this quite a bit. Oh, um, you do? Yeah, actually. Um, well, maybe not quite a bit, but we've it's been a topic quite a few times, especially as for a lot of us, you know, um, this is. Uh, we come from the same era and also um my buddy drew like he hasn't like robes and lapesh is his first thing in like 10 years too um jeff our drummer has been hasn't hasn't stopped you know he's been in tons of bands stay with small brown bike other bands he was uh doing stuff Uh, small brown bike yeah yeah they're they're awesome they're another group of great friends of ours 12 our turn we toured with them and and they're we uh we love those dudes um but I'm getting off track. But yes, uh, the last era before. Yeah, no, I was just going to like you guys. I love that you were like ten years off. Now I'm doing this new band. What the fuck do we got to do? Like yeah. you probably have a laundry Dude. list of all this stuff. Yeah. I always ask bands. I was like, what would you guys be thinking if you were back then having to tweet where you were going for the show, or you know, or update the Instagram <laughs> story to make sure that people remembered that you were at the at the record store yeah i booked i remember booking our first tours like you know just on the the old the old dial-up phone the 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 landline and leaving messages and i remember so many times like all right when you get to the city center look for the kid on the scooter with the with the back patch and follow him to the show space you know um using just real maps paper maps to flyers get to places with directions flyers with directions yes i want to bring that back yes like why are you using all that small type mm-hmm. how are you gonna get to the show man yeah how do you know how to get there dude <laughs> where are you gonna come on what are you talking about well i'm happy yep. that you're making music again i mean what were some of the i guess i mean obviously you've kind of wanted to start over and have something new and be able to balance right life work personal uh-huh. how has how has this been a nice fit how is how has lepesh been a nice fit uh well you know i mean i started playing before lepesh in robes with with drews and and jeff who is also in lepesh and our buddy our buddy peter um and we were playing uh some some rock music and um 
then we my my wife's uh Lepesh started as us the three of us backing up me drew and jeff backing up uh my wife and her musical project uh afternoon and uh she's a singer songwriter and she's been you know in and out of bands for for a while and uh it started off as something more more folky um and uh then we started backing her up and before you know it it becomes lepesh and we're all contributing to the songwriting now and uh it's uh it's i guess sounds like it's, it's some 90s indie rock inspired stuff and it's got some of the the diy stuff uh thrown in there i as can well. definitely hear that you know so what's it like working with uh, your wife and playing in a band oh man it's because that's almost like you already have a relationship with right, other artists. Now right. it's like a double relationship. Right. No, absolutely. Because you're gonna have to do the dishes when you get home, and you argued about the bridge. <laughs> that's 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 a good. That's true. I, I won't get too deep into that on here. <laughs> Looks but, like I struck a chord. Yeah. Sorry, that's a pun again. <laughs> I like. I'm into puns. That's okay. a good one. I like it. I'm into dad humor. Um. <laughs> Uh, w- working with her is, is, is amazing. Like, um, she's, she's got a better voice than all of us. She writes better lyrics than all of us. She writes better songs than all of us. So we get to, to, um, fill in the gaps and, and help with some arrangement and That's like great. say, Hey, let's make this a little heavier here or a little more driving here. And that's, that's kind of it. Like, um, we, we, we all three love what she, what she does and we're just, had so much fun playing, you know, those first few shows that um, it turned into something that we're just really, really jazzed about and we're just so stoked. And I I have an incredible working relationship with her. Um, just, it's it's seriously like, it, it's a dream. You, you yeah, wanna, that's, I feel like you it wanna, is, it's kind of awesome. It, it's like, ridiculous. Oh, wait, I'm going to band practice. Oh my God, my wife's with me. We walk to band <laughs> practice together. We go grab a cup of coffee. We talk on the way there. We get to come home. It's like I get to go... It's like my pretend. It's my dream job. Like if I were to ever to be able to get paid to do this, it would be my. It's my dream job. I get to go to work. I, you know, I daydream about getting to go to work with my best friend, and and create with my best friend. It's 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 insane. And then I've got two of my other best friends to to do it with too. So, you know, I got my second and my third best friend to, to be able to do this with. So, I feel incredibly grateful. It's 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 ridiculous. It's like you know, you want to talk about the definition of 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 emo before, like this is like the emo dream. Uh, you get to fall in love with a girl, and she's uh, a talented you know artist, and uh, you get to take part in that that art. You know that that so, um, and being able to have those common yeah, music, absolutely, hundred percent. So. You know, not sound too corny or nerdy. Like, like I just, I feel super, super grateful. And I'm not just saying that because <laughs> I know she will be listening to this. I, I'm not just saying that. I really, really mean that. I didn't say hi, honey. I said <laughs> David's voice, hi, honey. Uh, I wanted to mention too the you the your this is your second record with them, right? Yes, we did, and uh, you did it with Jay Robbins. Both records with Jay Robbins, which um, the first record he he engineered, and uh, I mean working with Jay was we worked with him in Robes too, and 
he's like he's one of our heroes. So it was really like why is like he good as felt, a producer? That's a good. So man, yeah, meeting him for the first time was our drummer Jeff knew him and had recorded with him from uh in some other bands and he was just like we rolled up and and Jeff walks up to him, gives him a hug, starts talking to him just like buddy buddy and it was like, dude, you're just you're hanging out Rolling with Jay Robbins, Jay. you know, like <laughs> Do you, do you know who that is? You know, we were all just total nerds, you know, like, um, I mean, he was an influence with, with us too. So, uh, we, we honestly working with him with Lepesh, um, he was just so friendly and he's really funny and he's really smart and he likes cool things. And you're just like, this guy's awesome. So the more time you spend with him, the more comfortable you get before you know it. It's like, ah, Jay is my buddy, you know? And the second record, um, he wasn't just engineering, you know, he was producing. I mean, he, he did some tambourine on it. You know, he, he gave us some arrangement suggestions. He gave us some, uh, he, he just really he got in there and he has producer credit on the second record and uh we're a fan of him and he made us feel like he's a fan of us now you know which is like that's like a dream come true you know what i mean one of your heroes is it digs you you know like creatively and you're like constructive what? feedback and oh, wants yeah. you to be better yeah. it's not just like absolutely yeah that was great next absolutely yeah and that's he's almost just, a bigger compliment that they're participating the, the fact that he partic- it's like we were elbowing each other like dude he's not he's he, yeah like dude he's he's in he's he think listen he's really <laughs> listening he really you know so we were we were total nerds about it and he's just a radical human being so it just makes the record that much better and that much more special for us and so, then dan mastered Oh, that guy rules Josh Dan too. from Joshua everyone stop the podcast listen to Joshua and then come back great you're back <laughs> He's he, <laughs> welcome back. Um, watch the people and fans. Yeah, he uh, uh, Dan is is amazing too. And uh, without the two of those dudes, um, the record would not be as as good as it is, and it wouldn't be so nice to listen to. And uh, every now and then, I'll put the record on to compare it to something else I've heard. Like I always want to compare like production stuff, and it just stands up to anything. Like in my humble opinion like the whether you like the music or not the production, production wise. wise those two dudes like they're just they're ridiculous they're they're awesome they know what they're doing and um and uh yeah we feel just and i love that i know that's grateful. happening today i know there's amazing producers that are super right. young and mastering guys right. and, but i like again that you're going to a friend they're into yeah. it they're helping you mm-hmm. And I'm not saying everybody has to only do things for a paycheck. Yes, you need to get paid, but it's just sort right. of a, we're digging it. Right. Maybe it turns into something. Right. I was always kind of just, you just encourage them to Absolutely. go out and do it. Maybe it turns into, maybe it doesn't, but they did it. Right. And you put something out in the world. There you go. DIY. And I, th- I just think there's a there's that missing piece sometimes when something gets popular. Right. That loses it so quickly. And I can tell the difference immediately. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I used to get upset when 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 the bands that I loved got really popular. Um, remember when that was for, a thing? For, yeah. If yeah, you yeah. were, if you got on, I remember I MTV, used to get upset by that. Yeah, that was it. Right. I remember. Right. Um, was it MacRock? There was a kid that booked MacRock. Uh-huh. He's now in the industry. He's a booking agent. Mm-hmm. I can make fun of him. He didn't. 
book Coheed in Cambria when they were uh, when they were on EVR mm-hmm. because we the EVR was distributed by Red, which was part of Sony. And then I went through and explained all the bands and what indie distributors are right. and how that all works. Right. But he was just like, right. no, you can't book. Like, it, right. was, it was to the, to the right. extreme. Right. It was funny. Yeah. Folks, especially that time period, steadfast in their, their, uh, their ideas and beliefs. And even now it's even like if sometimes they're not. Your shit, who cares? Right. Right. Yeah. That's, that's true. That's true. It's not, it's not as big a deal. And, uh, I mean, everybody remembers the the whole jawbreaker thing. You know what I mean? Like speaking of welcome back, right? Right? Exactly. Good for them, man. They're killing it. That's awesome. <laughs> Major label? What? That was that mattered because yeah. So right, right. Um, yeah, I remember. I definitely remember. Um, I remember. Uh, Oh God, this is reminding me a hundred. Right, it wasn't, and I remember whenever those bands they crossed over, like staying up late and watching 120 minutes. Like I remember staying up late for the first Green Day video for whenever Dookie came out. Um, I remember uh, watching Longview on 120 minutes, and just man, people are going to be pissed. They're going to buy this in specs now, you know. And people were pissed, and uh, I remember the same thing for for Jawbreaker. Um, and you know, I I you know I I definitely had my 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 opinions about major labels back in the day for sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, bands. At the end of the day, I I I am when something that I love now becomes you know, and I, I mean I've been like this for a while, but. Something that I love gets more attention. Um, the way that I choose to look at it is I'm happy for the folks who are exposed to it because hopefully they get to um, maybe, you know, take some of the things or feel some of the things that, that I was able to glean from, 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 those, from those folks. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how um, I've, I've – uh, that's how I look at it. Now. If a, you know if what a, I mean. If so a billion people know yeah, about Fugazi. That's right. Watch out. That's awesome. Yeah, because uh, some right. of those kids right. are gonna right go off and right. start their next Discord. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, and that's another thing. You know, before I didn't want to you know discount or 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 great I, band from Florida. Sorry, discount. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Does she? And you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm, Wait, yeah, there's a million band? things I want to talk about now. I real quick. I feel like maybe I I um. I shit talked uh, the accessibility that the internet provides now for people to to, to start their own band and do their own thing. I think that's fucking amazing. No, it you know, totally it's, is. It's the snobby it's side of me the, being like, "There's too much music." Like, no, but it's harder. It's right. harder to get to. It, it is. And you know, back then, whenever people started pressing their own records and the distros started to fill up more and more with 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 bands, that was a beautiful thing. But oh my god, I I bought a lot of terrible terrible music you know um and again who am i to say what's terrible and what's not some of those records that i did not vibe yeah. with or connect with someone else may have so that's great that's okay it's the same thing and, with video games sometimes you buy yeah. a crappy video game it's okay fair enough um <laughs> for for the whole discount thing um and i might be totally wrong with this and i might this might come back to 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 bite me we can edit but yeah um I would love, and I might be wrong. She might have in some interview somewhere. I would love for 
I'm talking totally out of my ass here. I, I wish Allison Mossart uh, embraced her discount days more. Me too. Because one of the only what was the band interviews that she's in now? kills the kills the kills. The o- one of the only interviews I've ever read with her. Um, I read her her influences, and and I didn't in the interview. And, and there may be tons of interviews out there with her talking about discount and her influences from discount. But they were asking her interview her her influences about. Um, and I love Allison. Like, like I was in a band, True North. We played Discounts last show. I love the Discount folks. I love Discount as a band. I used to love watching them play and watch her. I saw Discount play when they were a ska band in West Palm Beach, and Allison was so shy she could not even face the crowd. She wow. and it wasn't like this cool emo thing where we 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 don't face the crowd. You know what I mean? Because I did that shit sometimes, and yeah. everyone did. She was so nervous she could not face the crowd, wow. and it was the most adorable thing. And now just look at her go, you know. But in the interview, I remember her like talking about her musical influences. I was like, oh, she's totally going to say Jay Church and Cringer and Green Day and all these pop punk bands. And nope, it was the Velvet Underground. And other- it's like, okay, cool. Maybe you like the Velvet Underground. Vel- Velvet Underground are radical. But like, let's just embrace your past. I know what you used to listen to. <laughs> you know, I so, think I remember that interview. Anyways, I remember that interview or there was something, another made one. Made me where feel she, some type of way. <laughs> but she didn't mention or didn't want to talk about discount. It was right. another interview or article where it was like, I'm not talking about it. Are your are your, your friends now, would it not look cool to your, I think you're, you're cooler to think because that all of these discount, punk rock you know kids I mean? in the 90s think oh, you're yeah. fucking badass yeah yeah that's amazing like that makes you who you are and, that's and, one of my favorite performances yeah. of all of mac rock every year i ever what their performance yeah uh did i see that performance that year the, the it blends together i might have seen it but they were great live they were just awesome they were great um but uh you know uh some people. I still like Discount better than anything else she's done. So yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to, I'll just say that, you know, and, and good for her. And I'm so happy she's able to, yeah, some people don't. To, to, to live off of her art. And I think that's fucking radical and she's there's radical a, and, and, and all people, that stuff, you know, there's a lot of people who want to leave punk or emo in the dust. Trust me. I meet them and yeah. talk to them all the time. They, mm-hmm. There's certain people that will never do the podcast. Mm-hmm. That there's, and I, I get that's it. It's too bad. That's I what, get it. You know, it's fine. Hey, look, it's not hey, about me. You know, it's just, sure. I'm interested that the reasons why they don't. Yeah. It's the, I don't want to talk about X. Sure. Okay. That's crazy. Okay. Um, <laughs> do you I like th- how you're like, uh, I'm totally cool with that, but that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there anything else you want to do that you haven't done uh, with music and life? And uh, I want to have family. My wife and I are going to be work- are working on that. So that's pretty cool. I never thought that I would have kids and I'm stoked to, uh, to have that be a possibility. Uh, and um, with with this band now, um, you know, um, I think that it's, I feel so proud of it. I think it's one of the best things I've ever been a part of. And I just really, uh, I really hope that, um, I really hope that it, it, it reaches some folks and that some folks get some, uh, some good feelings out of it and can relate to it and identify with it. Um, and that it helps some folks out, bring some happiness. And with our crazy schedules, you know, I, I really hope we talk about it all the time, but I hope we get to travel a little bit and, uh, try to support the record. And, um, 
maybe hop over to Europe sometime, someday, you know. So um, musically, that's what I would hope to do, you know what I mean? Um, just to do that and maybe be able to have somebody want to put out a record, us maybe write another record and have somebody put it out. So that's... that's uh, that's me reaching for the stars right now with, I like that. with my teaching career and uh you know um we'll see where that goes i i i uh, come from a family of teachers as now i know that you do and uh i um i saw myself as a as being this like punk like lifer in the classroom like i'm gonna do 25 years and i'm gonna now my creativity is gonna be in the classroom i'm gonna i'm gonna change it from within the system and and uh and now I feel like after 14 years, I've done 25 years, and I don't know how sustainable being in the classroom is. So I'm like, <laughs> maybe I have to go and teach college and teach teachers or do something else or find a school where I don't have as many students that are as, as uh, let's say, as, uh, as, as, uh, as needy as my students are because I've got a high population of, of needy kids, and I want to work with those kids, but... We don't have the resources to 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 care for all of them the way that we need to. Um, well, so, anyway, there's babysitters, yeah. and there's sometimes yeah, that absolutely. My yep. dad would say he could tell in fifth grade. He taught fifth grade math and uh-huh. science. He could tell if they were they were going to be a criminal or not. Wow! Just based on the parent teacher conference, right? The parents coming in, they're not engaged. The kids not like. It's like all these pieces that you try and say you could tell there'd be criminals and that from there. Wow. Yes, something's. I mean, it was just sort of a. It was a moment where that's a ten years old is like you've. That's super important. Like I know all the years are, but like I feel like you're starting in a bigger school. Right, right, right. Like you kind of you gotta you gotta get it going, and your parents have to be there. They can't just say go to school and have the teacher figure it out. Right, because if that happens. You're one of 30, and I feel like that's the piece that sometimes missed when the kids are sort of blamed. It's not the kid's fault. Right, right, right. So, so yeah, I mean, as, as, far as, as far as our jobs are concerned, it can't be just the teachers. Um, there's got to be investment from the students and the parents, um, for sure. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, the help that we provide hopefully gives them opportunities to, uh, to make make choices in the future so that they have choices so they can choose to go to college so that they can choose which college to go to, you know, um, which is, which, which, which all, all students have, have the, uh, the capability and ability. um, But having the ability to have the arts, right. Having those things that a lot of times different schools in Connecticut, Mm -hmm. probably they don't even think twice about. Right. Right. Um, um, I mean that's 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 a good point. I mean resources are are a huge deal. There's there's a, a disparity um, across this country in 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 access to um, to uh, to quality education, and uh, unfortunately, um, the uh, our government and state governments don't don't uh, put enough into into the public school system. Um, and I can say that across all of <laughs> all of the fifty states, yeah. especially with school choice and the vouchers and and uh, with uh, the charter school movement, draining resources from from public schools, and it puts other kids at a at a 
straight up disadvantage, um, which are the kids that, that I teach and, you know, I'm sure some of the kids that your parents taught and that gives them, uh, doesn't give them the opportunities that, that, that every kid deserves. So, um, for now, maybe have a little kid in tow. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I'm grateful to be able to, to have a job and and to be able to, you know, my job is a pain in the ass, but I'm, I'm proud of what I do. And, uh, right now I'm super proud of my wife and my bandmates and, uh, the record that we have had just come out. And, um, you know, I'm super grateful. My brother, 12 hour turn, uh, he does Baker outlet records and, um, he put the record out. So we're super grateful to him and family again, Yep, family again. And Rich is killing it. Uh, in Florida, he's got, he's got a kid, beautiful nephew of mine and radical wife. And he's got another one on the way. Uh, John out in Portland, uh, has a kid. Um, he's, uh, John's doing great. His, his daughter's rad and, uh, Matt doesn't have a kid, but he's he's uh, he's killing it musically. He's doing what he loves, playing some some awesome music out there. So everyone's doing good, and uh, and yeah, we'll see what the what the future holds. Awesome, you know. Thanks, man. Yeah, Thanks, my pleasure. Thank you so much <laughs> yeah. for having me, man. Of course. Hello, Washed Up Emo fans. Thank you for listening to this podcast over the last nine plus years. Or if it's your first time, welcome. It has flown by, and I appreciate each and every one of you for listening. And for this current episode you're about to hear, I do have a favor of you. I have some books out right now called Anthology of Emo, and Volume 2 was released last fall. I really think you'll dig it if you haven't heard of them. It features guests from the podcast, including Jim Atkins from Jimmy World, Chris Conley from Saves the Day, Travis Shettle from Piebald, and John Bunch from Sensefield. I've also printed volume one so you can order both check out the diy publishing at anthologyofemo.com